This is the Everyday Dietitians Podcast. I'm Hope Brandt. And I'm April Roby. We're two RDs here to offer down-to-earth advice to help you develop sustainable habits, decipher wellness trends, and design an aligned life. Welcome to the show. Here we go, episode five. I can't believe we're already on our fifth episode. <laughs> I'm so excited. It kind of seems like we've been doing this forever, but then I also can't believe we only have five episodes. Well, it probably feels like that because we are just now airing our conversations. So yeah. it just feels like our everyday conversation. <laughs> so, But y'all just get a lesson in on. Seriously. Yeah. Have the same talks. Now we're just recording them. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, let's do let's do our icebreaker question. And this week the question is how did you know your husband was the one? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm I've had a husband for two weeks now, so um, So you should give everyone marital advice. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I'm an expert. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll answer it first. So me and Ryan dated for two and a half years before we proposed and then we were engaged for like another two years so we've been together four and a half years now but when I found out he was the one we were honestly like it was just easy like we were just hanging out every day we clicked nothing was like there wasn't much just pressure around it we just like Mm -hmm. being around each other and honestly like I just noticed like how big of a heart he has like we just have fun I was like I don't really picture myself like being with anyone else because, I mean, we work so good together. He's very like-minded. We're always pursuing something and he's truly like my biggest hype man. Like anything that (laughs) happens, like I do, he's just like, yeah, like he really hypes me up. And I was like, and he thinks you're hysterical also. (laughs) Bless him. (laughs) That cracks me up. April says like the lamest joke ever and Ryan like dies on the other end of the phone. <laughs> He's the reason for my false sense of confidence. <laughs> but it's fine because that's what your other half's supposed to do, right? But Right? <laughs> Tell David Brandt that. I've, I try <laughs> to tame you down. David won't give compliments or laugh at any of my jokes because um, he doesn't want my head to get too big. So he purposely does not hype me. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, don't hype me because it's dangerous. Cause I'm going to be on the high for a while and like you're going to be able to tell. But Ryan does it anyway. So I love that for you. I'm your hype, though. Yes, you are my hype. But in conclusion, I I mean, there. I don't think there's like this one like moment, but I just feel like we clicked really well and we got along good and we supported each other and really could not imagine myself like, going to someone else and telling like good news to or anything oh, else. So that's cute. He's the first person you think of when you yeah. want to tell, tell him I mean, you see it. We call each other 30 <laughs> times a day for no reason. Oh, he, like, calls it. double that. Yeah. <laughs> He'll call me and be like, I'm at low. So I'm like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I'll, I'll be home later. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's cute though. Um, okay. Anyways, what about you? <laughs> so I think that I started thinking David was the one when 
I could see like past his kind of tough exterior and I just knew he was a huge teddy bear at heart. Um, but he tries really, really, really hard not to show that. Don't expose him yeah. on the podcast. He's going to listen to this. I know. That, so that's all I'm going to say He's about really that. He's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> He's super tough. Don't you mess with him. <laughs> He is he is tough too. But no, I think that when we were first dating, David was like very non-committal. So it was like this game where it was like I knew if I could like break through that like outer exterior. Yes, then he would be just like everything that I dreamed he would be. And he is. (laughs) He's literally the most like caring, supportive person. He, I mean, every day he puts my needs before his own or anybody else's. And like, that's rare. And I know it's special. (laughs) So I'll keep him. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like y'all really are like the couple that even each other out. (laughs) Like he's very grounded (laughs) and like is really thinks through his decisions. (laughs) You're just like, wow. Yeah. We are definitely more of an opposites attract type of couple. But our values align. That's just true. how we go about things exactly. is opposite. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. That well, was good. Yeah, that was cute. Aww. We get brownie points for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I expect flowers the day after this episode airs. Don't Nathan. expect any other compliments for the next yeah. like couple months. <laughs> <laughs> So the topic of the show today is how to take action that is aligned with your goals. So there is a lot that kind of goes into this because, I mean, first you have to know what your goal is, then you have to know what to do, and then you have to do it and then do it consistently, (laughs) do it for a long period of time. So I think we kind of just want to go into really the behind the scenes of how you go about your goals best create your goals and then do everything you can to ensure that you achieve those goals because different goals require different actions Mm -hmm. and different focuses so um let's just kind of talk about first how do you even know what your goal is or what your goal should be like what is step one if you don't even have a goal. And I guess we can talk about specifically like nutrition slash fitness related Mm -hmm. goals. So first, I think the most important starting point is to be extremely honest with yourself about what you truly want and what you are desiring. And I think kind of what that means is not like being a limbo, like kind of being half in with something Mm -hmm. like truly like what is your top priority Yes. And what do you feel like is most important while keeping health in mind? Like, make sure we're not compromising health even. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, I guess your goal could be something that compromises health. But hopefully, you'll <laughs> reach someone, whoever's right. helping you reach that goal, that could help you find that. So, I guess one, be honest. Like, is your goal um, to gain muscle? Is it to get stronger? Is it, like, improving your body image? Like, mm-hmm. being honest. Like, what is the main thing that you want to hit? Yeah. And, and identifying your biggest struggle, if you don't really know what your specific goal should be, what are you struggling with the most? And then what is a solution that could alleviate that struggle? 
And this is something that is super personal and only you really are going to know what you're truly dealing with and, you know, what a good goal for you is because it doesn't need to be something that someone else thinks you should be doing or you're just piggybacking off of, you know, other people at work Mm -hmm. or what your cousin or your mom or your sister's doing. You're allowed to have different goals from other people. Mm -hmm. Just because someone else has the goal of weight loss doesn't mean that you need to have the goal of weight loss. Just because someone else has a goal of, you know, I don't know, wanting to run a 5K doesn't mean that you then have to want to run a 5K. Find something that you are going to find enjoyable and something that aligns with what you want to do. Yeah, what you truly honestly want. If your goal is just to have like, confidence in your nutrition choices or figuring out how to deal with your busy schedule and eat plenty throughout your day Mm -hmm. with a busy schedule is it time management like it doesn't have to be like she said like someone else's goal like what what do you struggle with what do you see throughout your day that you want to change and pinpoint it and Mm -hmm. then I guess the next step would be I guess knowing what to do so like if you don't know what to do my biggest advice is Finding help, finding someone reputable that can help you. So if it's like if you want help with just meal timing, like finding a dietitian, if it's um, shameless plug, (laughs) (laughs) if it's, you know, getting into a if it's muscle gain, like finding a personal trainer that can Mm -hmm. help you with that. So like, what's the next step? Like, what do you do? And I feel like the best thing to do is find an already expert in that field. So you're not sitting there going years and years and years trying all these things and still not getting to where you want. So like, exactly. Yeah. And knowing what to do depends on having a lot of knowledge in that area and experience. Mm -hmm. So what this should allow you to do is be able to place your effort in the most effective and efficient places to where the action that you're taking is actually moving you closer to achieving that specific goal. This is why individualized approaches to achieving your goals is are really important because what is effective and efficient for you might not be achievable for somebody else mm-hmm. and vice versa. So this is where the experts come in that can help you decipher um, what is achievable for you mm-hmm. and like focusing on your goal. And another way to think about it, another shameless plug, why it's so important to invest in a coach or an expert is because mm-hmm. think about the time and the effort and the money that it will save in the long run. You can try four years of your detoxes, your MLMs. You can try. You're taking action. You're You're doing something. But it's just not in the right direction. You're like (laughs) whipping around in a circle and it's like you're getting nowhere. And it's like that time and effort could be put an individualized plan that just pushes you forward. So like, just Mm -hmm. think about like when you are going to invest, like it is an investment. But the thing is, it's going to like save you just a headache. You're going to be put on that path and you're going to know what to do. So again, the next step is knowing what to do, finding someone knowledgeable that can help you in Mm -hmm. taking those steps. So then once you know what to do, you have to do those things consistently. (laughs) And this is kind of where the like... It's not a one-time detox! (laughs) I mean, I would hate if you were doing a detox consistently, consistently, but yeah, except yeah, if you're doing detoxes, don't do do those those consistently. consistently. (laughs) So 
all jokes aside, what she was saying yeah. was. No. So this is, I mean, this is where it kind of gets boring. And this is really just kind of nose to the grindstone work and effort. And it's completely unrealistic to think that achieving a goal that you have yet to achieve isn't going to take a lot of effort because it will. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it doesn't have to be like deathly effort every single day. Mm -mm. It can be achievable effort in less of a dose. But as long as you're doing that consistently each day, that's going to add up to produce results for you. So it's really boiling it down to the actions that you can take consistently. Mm-hmm. What's doable for you? Again, like this mm-hmm. is where a comparison really like freaks people out because they'll see yes. someone um, on Instagram that they're like, oh, well, she's done this. Like she's made this much progress. And in reality, your lifestyle and the way you do things is so different. Like mm-hmm. a win for you might doesn't have to be a win for that person. Like if you're someone who struggles with just eating like enough veggies throughout your day, mm-hmm. you just doing that every single day, it might not, you might not see those crazy results, but you should have confidence in your actions and have confidence that what you're doing is inching you towards your goal. Like mm-hmm. it is stacking and stacking and eventually you will see that progress on your own pace. So yep. And this well, brings us into like patience. Having patience. Key ingredient for being able to re- to see see it through, to be able to actually achieve your goals, whatever they are, is you have to have patience that the process is working. And my clients have heard me talk about this, but one of my favorite analogies is from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Also, if you have not read that, could not more highly recommend so that like, book. <laughs> like people want to like say like, what's an awesome book for me to read for like my nutrition goals? And it has nothing to do with like just nutrition. Yeah. It has developing habits because it's going to feed into everything. It's going to feed into your nutrition. Yeah. So anything in life, it really like you're at one chapter in and you're fired <laughs> up. So yeah. just be ready. <laughs> this is it. now an ad for Atomic Habits. <laughs> yeah, we James should be sponsored. Yeah. I wish. Where are you at? James Clear. <laughs> I am the self-proclaimed president of the James Clear fan club. So, um, but no, seriously though, go look him up on Instagram right now and follow him and if order anything, the book just like and, the, and read it. his quotes on Instagram yes. too are so helpful, but go back to the analogy. Okay, so back to the analogy on patience and being able to have enough patience to see your results. An analogy from the book, Atomic Habits talks about an ice cube. And if you imagine an ice cube in an environment that is zero degrees, that ice cube's frozen, right? It's not going to melt until it gets to 32 degrees. But think about the time and the energy that it takes to heat up the environment from zero degrees to 32 degrees. Just because you've heated the environment from zero to 10 or zero to 15, zero to 29 or 31. Yeah. You're not seeing results yet, right? Because you haven't hit that threshold of being able to see the return on your work. But that doesn't mean the work is wasted. Your effort is not wasted. You just haven't hit that threshold yet. So this is something that I harp on with all of my clients is that we're melting the ice cube. If you're not seeing the physical results that you want to see yet, 
your effort isn't going to waste. We just haven't hit that threshold yet. So that's just kind of a testament for being patient and continuing to do the consistent work without instant gratification. Like you've got to understand like most things we're doing, you're not going to have instant gratification, whether it be school, your job, climbing, anything, it's going to take time. I mean, it would be nice if I could just have a semester school and like hit that threshold of graduation, (laughs) but we all know it takes time. And just because we haven't graduated the first semester doesn't mean we're not going to graduate. And I guess another good just real life example, I literally had two different clients in their three month packages today. I had one client that did not see a change in the scale for legit two months. Mm -hmm. And then the last month, it started going down. Yeah. Then I had the other client, her weight started going down immediately, like in the week. And it was like, they were both doing like the same things to produce results, but they just had different thresholds. And mm-hmm. like the same thing, you can't compare, you know, your threshold to someone else's threshold because sometimes it just takes time. And if you're doing, like she said, the right things, you're chipping at it, you are confident in your process, you're doing all the right things, it will eventually show through. So yeah. Just be patient. Yeah. Well, and the client that was able to start seeing results immediately could have been at the point where her ice cube was at 30 degrees. Exactly. And she just had that. To tip over. Yep. That little tipping point. And uh, the other person was probably starting at zero. And Mm -hmm. and that just, she had to just chip a little bit longer at it. So yeah, just realize that your work is not going to waste and there's a bigger picture there. It's not all about just seeing that immediate physical progress. It's Mm -hmm. being happy that you're, moving your body, you're eating vegetables, you're feeling better. Yeah. And being willing to lay that foundation that you know is going to benefit you in the future. Yep. Like April was saying, being able to relinquish that instant gratification for something that you know is going to be more rewarding in mm-hmm. the future. Okay. So I think that that is basically what we wanted to cover in just this first part, which is how to set a goal and then what you need to do based around that goal to be able to produce results. So now we're going to talk about different specific goals that we've had in relation to our nutrition, our movement, and, you know, like changing our bodies or our body composition. And we kind of come from different places and we've had some different goals, but we've had some overlapping goals. And really just kind of break down the specific actions that are needed to achieve those goals because they're different. And mindset, um, Mm -hmm. just our mindset surrounding those goals. So I guess Hope, just walk us through um, some different goals you've had, how your mindset was around those goals and what steps you took. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with my initial goal when I started changing my nutrition, when I became super interested in nutrition. And my goal at that time was literally, I just wanted to feel comfortable in my skin. I I didn't know what that felt like for probably years at that point. And I just wanted to be able to feel like I had self-confidence that I was lacking. And that impacts your entire life, right? Or it did mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I was quieter. I wasn't willing to take risks in really any part of my life. I don't know what hope you're talking about here. (laughs) (laughs) It was too scary to think about failure. And I think that that was an absolute 
crucial starting point is when I started cultivating the things that I was that I was internalizing and started shifting my mindset around my life and my capabilities. So one of the first things I saw was this concept that you can do hard things. And just because something doesn't come easy to you doesn't mean that it's not worth the effort. So that was very challenging for me because I am used to just being naturally good at things. If something Mm -hmm. takes a little more effort from me to be good at, it's like, well, I don't even need this. I'll just (laughs) do whatever I'm good at. But that wasn't bringing me very much fulfillment (laughs) because fulfillment to me comes from the process, the the grind. Yes. And so my life was not very fulfilling at that time. And somehow I just, I knew that the confidence that I was seeking didn't necessarily hinge on what my body looked like. It was hinging around my own self-efficacy, what I thought that I was capable of. And I knew that I was capable of more than I was doing, but I was too scared to try anything new. I was too scared to do anything different because the fear of failure was crippling at and that point. And it's scary because the unknown, like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what if I'm not good at it? What if I do fail? Like, and then I guess going back to the steps, like, what did your steps look like? Um, how did you find out, first of all, what to do? Yeah. So uh, what I did at that point it's, I can literally see myself. Uh, we were living in an apartment at the time and I was working like a normal nine to five marketing job. And I would wake up at 5 a.m. before we would go to work and I would like light a candle and <laughs> like sit in my little chair in the living room with Tobias <laughs> in my lap. And I would scroll Pinterest and I would find quotes that just resonated with me. And I would really just kind of cultivate what I wanted my mindset to be. I knew I wanted to be confident. I wanted to be a go-getter. I wanted to have the courage to speak up for what I believed in. And I really just found people, authors, graphics, different things that spoke to the cultivation of those characteristics. And the first thing, like a kind of actionable item, is I <laughs> I made a list of personal commandments on my phone. I probably still have it. Oh my gosh. So th- this note is from November 5th, 2017. And this is something that I actually found to be a super, like, poignant exercise because I really would think about it on a daily basis. And anytime anytime I was questioning, you know, should I do this or that? Or like, what what do I want to do in this situation to cultivate the type of person that I want to be? I would go back to these and think like, you know, what action could I take that would align with these commandments? So I came up with six of them. And I think that, you know, you could come up with however many you want. It could be three. It could be four. It doesn't matter. But they were stay in motion, see the little things, 
talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Be scared and do it anyway. That's a good one. Everything adds up. Yes. And you are in control. And by that, I don't mean like, you know, control of everything in the world. I just meant control of my actions and my reactions. The stuff that you can control. The stuff that is literally in your control that you can do. So, I mean, I remember there were times... (laughs) Where literally I'd I'd be at the grocery store in line about to buy groceries and I would think of my personal commandment to talk to people and I would not want to be like, why? I don't want to talk to this random lady standing in front of me, but then I would and I would just say something like, oh, I like your purse. If I really did, I wasn't like making (laughs) shit up. Regina George. (laughs) I like your purse. It's the most hideous purse I've ever seen. Or just, you know, start making small talk. Just because... Building that confidence. Yeah. Picturing, like, kind of the person you want to be. Uh, Yeah. I wanted to be, like, charismatic and have, like, just be a light, you know? You know those people that you meet where you're just, like, I want to be like that. It's you. (laughs) I wanted to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) You. So your your commitment succeeded. (laughs) So... That is a, like, that's a really fun action item. If you haven't really thought about the type of person that you want to be in, the character that you want to cultivate through your actions, just sit down and come up with however many things There's come to you. There's a quote that I see on every Boss Babes page. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Boss babe. Picture the girl you want to be and show up as her. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes. And that is cheesy <laughs> as F, but it is true. Rue, it's so true. It, you don't get better at something unless you practice it. Like, even though it yeah. is a cheesy quote and it's overused, like <laughs> yeah. it's a good one. It is good because so, yeah, you don't change who you are without changing your actions. So you going have back to start taking to your nutritional action. like goals mm-hmm. or your I guess goals. How did right. that align? Like showing up as that person. How did that yeah. align with your nutrition goals? Exactly. So having more self confidence also went into having the confidence to make nutritional decisions for myself and not have to rely on someone else to tell me what I should be doing or not taking ownership of that part of my life and just kind of outsourcing it and being like, well, I'm just going to do whatever, you know, blank does, or I'm just going to do whatever my super fit friend does. Mm -hmm. So being able to really take ownership of my own nutrition and build that nutritional autonomy that I coach my clients to have. That is, I trust myself to know what I need in each moment. And I just have to listen and then take that action that I know is aligned with what I need. So up until this point, I was not eating very like nutrient dense foods on a regular basis. Um, I would not classify my diet as like overall (laughs) healthy or health conscious whatsoever. It was very much driven by my emotional needs, which emotional eating is natural and it's okay. You know, it can be a tool that we have in our coping tool belt. But when it becomes the only thing that drives our nutritional decisions or it becomes our only way to cope, with stress or with negative emotions, that's where we're going to see problems start to arise. So I could identify that as a problem in my nutrition. That is what I struggled with. 
So I started making choices that were more aligned with what I knew my body needed than what my emotions were telling me that I needed. So, so what are like, like the actual, like actionable steps you took mm -hmm. next? Like, so, well, the first thing I did was learn more about nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and once I felt comfortable in that knowledge and even before I felt comfortable in that knowledge, uh, you have to start somewhere, yeah, right? That's true. So I became super interested in nutrition, learned all about it. And it was pretty, you know, like woo, very much like paleo based where it's like, you are what you eat, everything that you take in impacts your health, which I mean, to which an honestly, extent is true. Honestly, of all the fat diets you could have chose, that yeah. was one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah. Because at least it was it's focused like in quality. Yeah. Right. So that was my starting point. So I started looking at nutrient density when I was making food choices. If I did not determine that something was going to be helpful for my body or for my mind, because what you eat does also impact your mental health as far as, you know, like vitamins and minerals, mm -hmm. but also just, again, having that confidence that you're making choices that are healthful for and you. And also just not second guessing, mm -hmm. like feeling bad around food, like be, knowing like you're yeah. not bad because you eat something. Exactly. Too, so taking that morality out of mm -hmm. your food choices. So that's where it really started for me was just increasing my food quality after a period of time where I could clearly spot that that was an issue. And you me. did it consistently. So what made, yes. what made it easier for you to actually make it a habit? What did you do? So to me, once I finally truly realized the benefits of it, it wasn't something that I had to do. It was something that I genuinely wanted to do. And it's sometimes hard to reframe things when you're super focused on short-term gratification, like mm -hmm. instant gratification, like April was saying. And that is very driven by emotion when you're making all of your nutritional decisions based on instant gratification. Mm -hmm. So the more that you can focus on your future self, the more you're going to be successful in making decisions in the moment that will help you become that future self that you're picturing. Um, so what's like a the thought process you really had? Like if you're sitting down at a table, yes. like what was that thought process? Literally, will this help me get where I want to be? I am not, not seeing not, you every not, single time not I Not will ate. this make me gain weight tomorrow yeah. or will I see the scale jump up <laughs> or will I be the most healthy person tomorrow? It's what's going to benefit me like, mm -hmm. you know, Always in the yes. long run, not like You're thinking looking months forward. later, years later. Not like, is this salad? Is yeah. this, this vegetable going to make me the healthiest human? No. Like, <laughs> tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. But if you make enough of those decisions, they compound to give you those results. You're chipping away. Yeah. Going towards that 32 degrees. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, it's probably not going to be the timeline that you want it to be on. Mm-mm. How long did it take you? Like to three really, years. Yeah. Three years of literally, I mean, of course and I you're floundered and I, yes, yes, but it was like consistent work. And this is, I mean, how many people would want to like, it, 
if you said it might take three years for you to develop nutritional anatomy, like how many people are going to sign up for that program? <laughs> right. Like, uh, crickets. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it reminds me of that real audio. <laughs> well, I think it's Dwight from the office and he's like one month, two, two months. months. Could be. Yeah, could be. Could be. And it's like, yes, but on a much larger scale. So like one year, two years. Yes, yes. Could be. And could it, be. It, just, it could be any of those for you. But like, for, I will say Hope didn't hire a dietitian. Um, no. See, I did it on my own. She did it on her own. That's why it took her three years. So, I mean, but truly, I could have taken more efficient action. Mm-hmm. Now, I was, I was putting in the effort. I was taking the action. So, well, let's just, I feel like I'm talking the whole episode now, but this does lead right into the next goal that I had. So after this period of time of focusing on literally how I wanted to feel in my skin, who I wanted to be as a person, and then, you know, upping the quality of my food, I got to the point where I, I was shifting my goals. It was like, okay, I've laid this great foundation. I feel fantastic. I, I literally like love who I am as a person. I'm proud of myself and what I've been able to accomplish. Proud of the work. The I'm proud the, of the work the that I've done. Yeah. Made. But I got to a point then where I was not seeing any more physical changes, which honestly had not been the focus. Up until this point where then it was just kind of, it was just kind of like a bonus. You're just like, Oh, I was like, you're focusing on like the woman you were trying Uh to become literally like, does this align with how I want to just treat myself? Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, okay. I am like actually physically appearing different, you Mm -hmm. know, getting leaner. And then it stops and it's like, now what? (laughs) Yeah. So now what? Yeah. So you laid that foundation mm -hmm. beforehand, which is awesome. So, yeah, I realized that, again, it, I'm not feeling the greatest about my body. And I'm able to detach that from my, me as a person. I love me. I love myself. Um, I just wasn't super pleased with literally just my body in some sense. Mm-hmm. So it was frustrating to feel like I was continuing to do, quote unquote, the right things, all the right things. But I wasn't experiencing the body composition yep. changes that I was looking for. I've heard this a million times to my clients. Like, I mm-hmm. eat healthy. Yes. I do. All, I work out. But I'm not. It's not working for me. And, and it's. Yeah. So what does that come down to? <laughs> so this is where my diet became multidimensional. It literally was like pulling the curtain back and seeing into another dimension where it was like, wait, I other things also matter. Other things influence the way that your your body presents itself based on the nutrition that you're putting in it. So you're so, focusing on the quality mm-hmm. and nutrients. And yes. I mean, you know, getting the most bang out of your buck, like nutrition wise, mm-hmm. but also, you know, now that body composition goes now also require you knowing like how much yes. of certain things. How much and the ratios of those things. Yep. Literally had not tracked a bite of food that I had ever put in my mouth. Had no idea what that looked like. And so then, and honestly, so this is right around the time that we April met. and I start <laughs> our dietetic internship. 
And she was, you know, showing out on, you know, her knowledge. She was a still, she was a nutrition coach at that time Mm -hmm. with, had not started ad yet. Mm -hmm. And she was, yeah, she was talking about like how she coached her clients, how they got results. We focus on macros. We focus on the quantity. Yes. I'm not all like we, I did harp on quality, obviously, but it was just like the main thing I was looking for in my clients were like the physical results. So mm-hmm. like I would, I didn't harp so much on the quality as much as I do now. Now I feel like I've kind of like flip flopped and it's like <laughs> evened out, like we focus on both, but like I would much rather my clients get in quality over quantity. And if they do have a physique goal, then we start doing both. But mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to tie in on your journey? Oh, no. So, but no. So at that time, so that's what prompted me to look more into like, okay, how can I shift my nutritional habits to actually then produce the results, the specific results that I'm looking for? Because what I'm doing isn't working. So I need to adjust my actions to then put me on the trajectory to achieve the specific goals that I have. So... What I did was start tracking my food. And I'd never done that before. And it was like literally mind-blowing data to I remember me. you telling me like, I had no idea like I wasn't eating enough protein. Like yes. I felt like I was eating enough. And you were like, I really wasn't getting as much as I thought. Yes. So, and from that point, I was able to make specific goals around what I was eating and how much of each macronutrient I was eating while still focusing on food quality to be able to produce the body composition changes that I was looking for. So you had, what I love about your journey is like you had the, you had the foundation, like Mm -hmm. no matter what, if you weren't tracking like the foundation, you fall back on as solid foundation. Now you're just going back to it. Like, with more knowledge. Now you just Yes. Like, it's literally I'm just able to increased. build more plates. Like I'm able to see like why the composition of my plate matters. Like you like had nutrient dance, but now I feel like is this how like how did your PEC plate form? Was it yes. because of this? Like yes. noticing so, that that matters? Literally the format of how almost all of my clients begin working with me with our plate composition goals. So we start with the goal of three PEC plates and two protein containing two max stacks a day. That is the exact format that I was eating in order to produce the body composition changes that I saw that summer. That's literally how like this, that's how the Hopal approach was born because I'd already had that foundation of focusing on nutrient density, focusing on food quality and making sure that my health was covered. And then once I had this whole new aspect of knowledge of, okay, it's not just quality, it's also quantity. And then how much of each macronutrient is going to be ideal to facilitate improved body composition. I mean, it literally like rocked my world. And at that moment, I was like, I cannot not like tell people about this. Mm-hmm. I've got to start my, my own program. So that's how the Hopeful Approach was born. And it was, <laughs> it was originally like a 12-week group program. And so it's evolved from that point. But different goals require different actions. Yes. And you can't be afraid to adjust your actions if they're not producing the, the yep. end goal that you are looking to achieve. It takes some analyzing. Like her first goal was just to, you know, be that person she wanted to become, mm-hmm. to d- develop the ability to make her own nutrition decisions. Mm -hmm. She made that happen. 
she got it down as a habit and then her goal shift and she went through the same process, like analyze and then shifted, like understanding, like finding what you want, taking the goals, um, steps to achieve those goals. Yeah. But again, you got to be honest about what you want and you got to be honest about if what you're doing is going to get you there. Exactly. Okay. All right. So I don't feel like my journey is as exciting. as (laughs) I do. But, um, so like my first, like, I guess, nutrition goal ever, if you want to break it down to that is of course, like me walking on a college track team and then first hearing about nutrition, our our goal was to fuel. And Mm -hmm. so that's where it started from. So like I had the goal of like, you know, eating enough, they would literally tell us how to build our plates in the, in the cafeteria and stuff. Like that was my first little touch of it. Honestly, it didn't listen to it half the time because it did not, still did not (laughs) understand the importance of it, but that was only like three months. So like fast forward to like, I again, transferred to NSU, began lifting weights and my main goal was to build muscle. And the first next bit of nutrition advice is from the guy who owned the CrossFit gym at the time. He handed me like this little sheet that had, (laughs) I already hope probably knows what I'm talking about, Uh but had like, you know, proteins, your fats. And I honestly took a look at that sheet and did the best I could with that. And I didn't realize I had like no education. So I just like did not understand. Like I was trying to eat some of those things, but I didn't know how much I would just like eat a plate every now and then when I could at the cafeteria, I had some of that stuff. And, um, I felt like I put on some muscle during that time, but I think it was just like beginner gains. Like, you know, the (laughs) beginner gains happen. Like you literally can not eat in a surplus or anything and you're just going to pack on muscle. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to that. Getting into the competition days, I realized like I switched from just lifting CrossFit weights and I decided I want to do a bikini competition, which my goal was still to build muscle. But of course, like to do a bikini competition, you need to cut the body fat you have just to show the lines that you need. Mm -hmm. So I jumped into that, realized I was like 103 pounds soaking wet (laughs) on stage. And it was like, I had like no shape, no muscle. Uh And so got the feedback and it was like, yeah, you need some muscle if you're going to compete again. So that next year I took time to build muscle. And my coach at the time was like, you need to eat in a, you need to eat this many calories. And I wasn't the most educated back then. I read some of my (laughs) posts. I would be like, I think one of my posts, like eating over 3000 calories a day and I'm lifting, I'm I'm literally going to eat whatever I want, (laughs) eat all the food I want, and I'm going to gain all this muscle. I've gained 25 pounds of muscle. That was not the case. I went from like 103 pounds to 128 pounds in like a matter of a month. And it was not muscle. (laughs) It's probably some muscle. Maybe. Maybe. And I was like, of course, posting bragging. Like, I'm already crushing my muscle gain goals. I want to be this stage weight the next time. So anyways, I, I did put on muscle during the time I was lifting hard. And I also put on a lot of body fat during that time too, which I didn't care. Cause like my goal was building muscle. I thought mm-hmm. it was muscle. So I guess the point being is I looked at it. I did again, I didn't have any, I didn't find the expert. I was just doing this on my own. I could have got there a lot faster if I had a plan, but I was just doing what I thought was right. I was eating as much as I could. I wasn't focusing on quality and I was just hitting the gym really hard. Like I would legit be in the gym for two and a half hours hitting shoulders. Like, I don't know what the (laughs) heck I was, I would legit do so much. I remember a a guy walking up to me and being like, 
you've been in here a long time hitting shoulders. And like, he was like making fun of me. I'm like, it's because I'm trying to be a bodybuilder. Like, <laughs> but, not everyone can be this cool. Thank yeah. <laughs> but in reality, like I was doing what I thought would yield results, but yeah, you know, yeah. anyways, so go to my next show, cut down again, um, reach out to my coach. She creates a deficit, get like ninth place out of like nine girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Crushing it. Yeah, crushing it. <laughs> and um, I really went to the drawing board and I realized, like, I might just need to see someone else to reevaluate my goals. And so I reached out to a different coach and he was pretty much like, we're going to spend some time putting on muscle. And he kind of educated me what we're doing. So I started eating more consistently yeah. again. Now that you do know <laughs> what is required to build muscle, like, what, how did your actions change when, when you, that, yeah, when you had enough education to know, okay, this is what yeah, I need Yeah, because I feel like I had doing. the same story over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> it really was though. Like, <laughs> but so what I do now, because that is my goal at the moment is now I, I'm not focused on the scale in the way you, you think you would be like, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, the scale does whatever. And my one job is to eat some structured meals, make sure I'm getting in enough protein, making sure I'm lifting consistently and making sure I'm being effective with my workouts, not just yeah. doing two and a half hour workouts of gosh knows what. Yeah. <laughs> um, literally having a plan and progressive overload, doing the basic boring stuff day in, day out, being patient, realizing it's going to take time. Yeah. So, I mean, but I also like, I'm not trying to stay the smallest I can be. Like, I understand like that scale is going to change. Like it's taken me a long time to realize like, like all like scale changes are. So I would get into the point where I was like going through my fat loss phases, be competition, getting addicted to seeing that progress go down and the scale mm-hmm. go down. And I realized what would be required to build muscle is a surplus in calories. And sometimes, yeah, you're going to gain fat along with it. So mm-hmm. just realizing like being honest with myself, if my main goal is to build muscle, I don't need to tie myself to a body composition. I need to get pushed, be uncomfortable, and eat enough food, build muscle, and focus on that. And then when I go through my deficit, then I can switch back to, you know, maybe seeing that scale trend go down. So, but my goal right now is actually like, yeah, building muscle, but also like really developing like a good relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So, I looked a lot different now. I haven't been tracking. I would say like my goal isn't completely perfect with muscle building because I feel like now I listen to my hunger cues a lot and I'm not like shoving food down my throat. So like I would be in the past for building muscle. Like my goal this time in this off season was one, yes, to build muscle, keep doing what I'm doing there, but also listen to my hunger fullness cues, focus on food quality, being able to enjoy food again and me kind of being in control of it versus it being control of me. Like I didn't want to like be tied to an app. So that's my goal nowadays. So now I, again, still trying to build muscle because I do want to compete next year. And knowing that my goals are like, my actions are different, a little bit different when I'm trying to do things, but my overall habits are the same. Like I'm doing the same things. Really the only difference between building muscle and the cut is just the amount of calories (laughs) to be honest. And that's it. And in the building phase, I focus more on making sure like my relationship with food takes priority versus in a deficit. Like you just kind of doing what you got to do to step yeah. on that stage, which is not the same. 
as lifestyle nutrition, like my lifestyle, like me being on stage is for a purpose, is for a reason. I am ignoring, like some things can look disordered when you're about to step on stage, like bringing your scale around, doing things like that. (laughs) Like it really is and measuring out your food, bringing foods to restaurants. That's what's required if I want to be a top performing IFBB Bikini Pro. Yeah, that's the action for that specific (laughs) goal. goal. Now, when I'm just focused on like actual health, my goal is to, again, go through. Well, and I think you just made a super good point is that being the leanest you could possibly be is not synonymous with being healthy. The healthiest (laughs) you can be. Yes. I will say that a thousand times over because I used to think that your leanest self was your healthiest self. And it took me a long time to realize that's not the truth. Cause when I'm focused on my leanest self, I'm literally just focused on my leanest self. I don't care about my friendships. I don't care about, mm-hmm. I, I say that I just, I throw like any, like if it's Thanksgiving, if it's a night out with the girls, if it's going to eat brunch with my friends, if it's random Starbucks run, like I cut all those out. <laughs> and well, it requires like a um, constant sacrifice of those. Exactly. Things. And one pillar of health is not just how you like getting as lean as possible. It's like your right. mental health. So well, um, even from a scientific standpoint, being that lean is not, it's not the healthiest place for a woman to be. It's absolutely not fun. I, from the day, from the moment I wake up to the time I go to sleep, I'm fatigued. I'm, yeah. I'm so food focused. Like the only thing I'm thinking about is my next meal. Like Ryan could literally be like, telling me a story and I'm just sitting there and thinking, I cannot wait to eat my chicken and potatoes. <laughs> One hour and 27 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm doing cardio and I'm, I'm losing my period. I'm at a body fat level. There ain't no way I can maintain that. And like, I used to think like that was the end goal, like to be that lean and stay that lean. And then it took a long time for my mind to shift to realize, no, that's not the end goal. Um, that is for stage and I can find like a healthy medium. Yeah. Um, I don't have to gain 25 pounds in a month, but I also like am not going to be 103 pounds walking, <laughs> walking around yeah. and I'm not going to be doing those things. Like I want to be able to enjoy times with my friends, family. I want to have a healthy relationship with food and that is going to, and also a healthy body. Like I want to be at a healthy body fat percentage yeah. where I'm, my body can do its basic functions and yeah. And That's women that. naturally sit at a higher body fat percentage. Exactly. Um, literally have more essential body fat. Men's essential body fat, I believe, is like 3 to 4%. Mm-hmm. Ours is like 13%. Yeah. It's... I mean, <laughs> higher than I thought it was, honestly. Yeah. And that's essential. That means like for... I got down to 10% body fat on stage. My essential body... I'm below my essential body fat to bear yes. children. And of course, like, my body's taking care of me. It's like, you ain't having no baby. Yeah. Cut your period. You're done for. Yeah. And so that's how those mechanisms exist. I mean, it literally is to protect you. Yep. But trying to live at that point. That was a lost Havoc on your hormones, your My mental body thoughts. image. Your, yes. Like I literally everything. never thought I was lean enough. And if I, every time I would reverse diet and I would eat more than I wanted to, I would literally beat myself up. And it's like, man, I, I really wanted to keep these abs just go around. Like, why can't I just why can't I just stick to my calorie goal? And mm-hmm. it's like, your body's trying to take care of you. Like yeah. now I appreciate what it was trying to do. So I, I believe like next time when I go around competing, my goal is going to be realizing like, I'm not trying to get there and stay there. I'm doing this for sport. And then I want to get my body fat up. I'm yeah. never going to be in that place where I'm like freaking out, seeing that scale go up. I'm going to be 
thankful that my body fat percentage is getting up and knowing that was for a period of time. And I'm sure it's, I say it's going to be that easy. I'm sure I'll still have a little bit of mental battle, but it's, and I know I can get back to like my healthy body image, back to focusing on nutrient quality and focus on just overall healthy lifestyle versus just being on stage. Mm -hmm. So like, how are you able to change your mindset around how you viewed your body when you were going from stage lean to back to a healthy and completely normal like body fat percentage like what what type of mental shifts did you have to make through that process so it didn't happen right away so after my last show my weight again like I sprung up back to probably higher than what I'm comfortable at but I almost realized like I almost needed that swing I needed to take a break from tracking. I needed to just go back to like the basics. So mm-hmm. I honestly stopped body checking because... What do you mean by body checking? Okay, body checking as I would used to put like my suit and heels on every day, look in the mirror. I would literally look in the mirror when I get up. I would weigh myself all the time. And people probably have different like habits around this. Yes. Like I, I you know look at my stomach or look at the back of my legs Mm -hmm. or something. Even when I worked out, like I, you would not catch me in a crop top or anything again, because I was really struggling with my body image issues post-show because I was heavier than what I've been in months because I just got down to abs. And now I'm like, like other people are going to look at me and say you're crazy, but like, it was just my internal battle. Well, right. Um, and I felt uncomfortable. So I just honestly wore clothes (laughs) that I was comfortable in the gym. I would, I started focusing, and as I was becoming friends with Hope during this time, there's a lot of stressful things going on. And honestly, like Mm -hmm. seeing her like focus on food quality and stuff, I just started thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to focus on that. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally like started focusing on my food quality. I started going back to practicing habits that, again, would align with kind of what I wanted to be Mm -hmm. and quit body checking myself. And then all of a sudden, like, I, again, was getting confident. I was like, I feel good. I started training to hit PRs. I started doing things like that and I felt good. And then I think I'm, my body composition, I like, I got, I swung, but then it's like my weight kind of went back down. Like it settled back down Mm -hmm. like eight pounds less. So I was like 128 pounds. Now I'm 120. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen for everyone like that, but like I started practicing those habits and it kind of became, you know, like, well, that's like a true, like, what people say, like, you're happy, wait. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that should be maintainable, not super strictly tracking, yeah. not in a deficit constantly. And it might be more than you're comfortable with it being. Yeah. But it, you just have to determine what's worth it to you and what's not. Mm-hmm. And I... I would argue that everyone should try and find that point at least once Mm -hmm. and try to learn to be comfortable at that point. Because even if it's a little hot, the scale reads higher than you have this number that you have in your mind that you think is ideal for you. A, if your body is telling you it's not ideal, then it's not ideal for you. I can vouch for that because (laughs) my stage weight is still like 104. I'm still like tiny when I'm on stage. I'm Mm -hmm. 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I would always think that my ideal weight 
was 110. Yeah. <laughs> and I would try, like, and I would really try to get there and stay there. And mm-hmm. if it would go above that, I would literally have to fight, track every macro, be perfect, really like no splurges or like yeah. my weight seemed to like just spike. And then I like kind of got realistic with myself and was like, yeah. okay, like I need to quit trying to fight my body. I'm going to try to work with it. Yeah. And honestly, like there wasn't like this huge, like, oh, I can wear crop tops now. Cause I just like, like physically like, love my body. It was just like, why? Like I need to quit being so hypercritical yeah. on myself yeah. and just, I mean, wear it. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like I have days like hope will hear me in the gym. I'm like, oh man, like I don't yeah. feel great in this crop top, but well, then I just I move too, on with and it. You hear me say it yeah. too. So like um, not every day is going to be good, yeah. but sometimes you're going to walk in and you're just going to like, you feel good and you just feel happy that you're training and, yeah. um, yeah, that like, it just, it just took time. It took two years. <laughs> Well, it does take time and it takes consistent effort yep. um, because your your body image is not reliant on how your body actually looks. It's how you perceive your own body. So going that, back to that, like yeah. I literally, if you would have, I would have never thought I would wear a crop top without visible abs. It's not that I am now like my body is, I wouldn't have been happy with it two years ago, mm-hmm. but my perception of it changed yeah it wasn't like my actual body is like rock hard like abs it was well and based on that and based on your story you took some action that directly correlates with improved body image Mm -hmm. which is reduced body checking Mm -hmm. body appreciation and cultivating what your body and appreciation for it your body is Mm -hmm. able to do for you it keeps you safe you need that body fat and you know that and Being ed- like educating yourself to like, it's like, what's realistic or just having yeah. realistic expectation because my expectations were way off. And it's like, no, this is a healthy body. Yeah. Like, well, and also then and continuing to take action that, you know, is a form of self-care for you. Mm-hmm. So nourishing your body with nutrient dense foods and continuing to work out because you like it, mm-hmm. not because you're trying to force your body to be something Certainly. that it's not naturally. Like so I'm still trying to build that muscle, but you know, yeah. have fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between, you know, working out because you love it and you, you know, you want to build muscle because guys, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun <laughs> and it is super beneficial for your health. Mm-hmm. And then working out to try to burn calories and Ooh. drive your body into the ground and make it smaller and, you know, all these destructive habits. It. You need to work with it. Like, if you're literally feeling like you're dreading it, fighting mm-hmm. it, like, it might you just might take some time to, you know, reevaluate yeah. and reset a, your expectations. take some time off. And B, what find do you like something to do? that you like. Yeah. <laughs> it yes. can be group classes. It can be... I mean, lifting heavy can be striving for a performance goal. It can be running a 5K. Like, what excites you the most? And what can benefit your health as well? And just any movement is going to benefit your health, FYI. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Agree. All right. Well, this is like our longest episode yet. (laughs) So I feel like we just need to wrap this up. So um, thank you all for listening. Um, What else? Hope? Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. And if you can find it in your heart, leave us a review. What kind of review, April? Five and a half star. (laughs) But also, um, shameless plug, click the link in our bio. If you want to work with one of us for one-on-one coaching, you can go to Hope 
Blackwell underscore health. Yes, that's it. And um, click her link in the bio, apply for coaching, or go to add underscore nutrition and go through the link in ads bio if you want one-on-one coaching. Yeah. And um, I mean, set up a call with one of us and see if we're a good fit. Yeah. We're here to help. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time. Bye.